Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter, fighting through a little throat thing here for you. See, I'm dedicated to making this happen every Thursday. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting through sickness. I mean, I, I've been weeding and doing all this stuff outside and get some poison something every year. Same thing, right? You know, I, I get, I must like walk 15 miles with within this poison whatever the heck is in my backyard and i get it right it's a little bit of my arm my leg whatever and it feels like my throat is closing now maybe i just have a cold i don't know or or maybe i'm just gonna you know when when you wake up on friday or saturday i just won't be here anymore but at least i will have done this podcast for you guys right i'm gonna fight through the elements and talk some giants all right we had ota number Four, five, and six this week. Number six wrapped up on Thursday. We were out there for number four, which was on Tuesday. Uh, you liked again what you kind of saw, even though it was in the rain from Daniel Jones. I saw him fire. Probably the best pass of that OTA. A little bullet down the middle to Alonzo Russell, uh, for a big play. It was one of the very few times that you saw any of the quarterbacks, quite frankly, throw the ball downfield in the rainy conditions. A lot of dump downs and, um, incompletions and Eli Manning in the first team offense look like they struggled a little bit now we're going to talk about two things okay that happened on Tuesday number one is Saquon Barkley said you know he's willing to do whatever necessary and his he believes his body as long as he takes care of it the way he's supposed to can handle as many carries as possible now we're going to talk about what is advisable what is reasonable for Saquon Barkley after 352 touches his rookie year, right? Because I was looking at it. He Let's say he does another 350. Let's say he tops that because the Giants don't have Odell anymore. They become more run-oriented. Run gets around 400. You're talking about 752 touches in his first two years. Now, that's a little troubling because you look at guys at the beginning of their career who topped you know, what, the 700 touches mark? And remember, Ezekiel Elliott got suspended, so he didn't exactly play, got a little respite there. So he, even though he has basically led, I believe, the NFL in touches two of the last three years, he doesn't fall into this category. So first two years in the NFL, their touches, okay? We're talking about the last guy to go over 700 in his first two years, and that would just be the same as last year for Saquon. Let's say he gets his 350. Chris Johnson, he went over 700 for a two-year stretch in 2008. That's the last time a running back in a two-year stretch has top 700 touches, and we kind of know what happened to him there. And so let's say he does get more touches. Let's say he gets 400 this year, okay? The last few guys to get over 400, Lev Bell in 17, he didn't play the following year. DeMarco Murray in 14, he fell off. Chris Johnson, 09, led with over 400. Larry Johnson in 06, top 400. Tiki in 05, top 400. So there hasn't been a ton of success that followed up. I mean, LaDainian Tomlinson's the one you look at and be like, okay, first two years in his career, he came in, he had 849 touches, and he still crushed it. I mean, Edgerin James. 881 touches, 
right? 99 and 2000. I mean, he still had this really nice career. But it's been a while. And the game has changed a little bit. So, and with the Giants, you look at it, and we know how important Saquon Barkley is to this team, right? And he might want to do it. But I think the Giants have to be a little bit careful not to get carried away. And I see this with coaches a lot of times. And it's they say they're going to alternate guys. But then once they get into the game action, they just can't. They just can't. They, they know he's their best. He's their best guy, right? Saquon's their best guy. Once the game starts, that coaches just have trouble taking him out of the game because they're they're getting caught up in the moment, and they want to win so bad. And he's their best chance to win every second he's on the field. But then by the end of the season, you look at it and you're like, well, maybe we should have taken him out more. It happened with Olivier Vernon, right? Kept happening with Olivier Vernon his first two years with the Giants. Dude was playing like 98% of the snaps. They kept saying, no, no, we're going to look to give him some rest so he doesn't wear down, give him some rest. And it just never seemed to happen because they didn't have the depth and the guys behind him. Wayne Gallman, Paul Perkins, Rod Smith, Elijah Penny, the fullback who also could play some tailback. Those are some of the options behind Saquon Barkley. Now, not terrible. I mean, I... I kind of like Wayne Gallman as a running back, to be honest with you. I think he could play a little bit. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad thing for the Giants to sort of mix him in there, especially on running downs. Not the great, you know, receiving running back. But maybe on a couple early da- early downs, first and second down, you could squeeze him in there. You could squeeze Elijah Penny in there as the fullback in one-back sets a little bit. So to offset just overworking Saquon because – the reality with the Giants here is they've invested so much in him. And they just got their quarterback. Let Daniel Jones. Let's say it takes Daniel Jones two years to get going. You have to, you're like, you know, Saquon Barkley is going to have to be fresh in year five and six because that's when this team is kind of trying to, going to be, have their best chance to really make a run and win. So they have to look at it. And I know it's hard because can Pat Shermer really look at it in like a three year down the line view? Because is he going to be here three years down the line if he doesn't, if they keep losing? And so he needs to use Saquon Barkley to keep his job, right? So it's a, it's a very fine line. But I think the Giants would be smart to sort of keep Saquon in that 350 to maybe you could up him to like 375. I don't think you really want to go to that 400 level carries. And this is for his own good. This is for his own career because you have to be honest when it comes to running backs in the NFL, the second you lose your usefulness, they'll dump you. If say if they you know use Saquon Barkley the next three, four years, four hundred carries, four hundred plus sorry, not carries, touches a year, then all of a sudden what's gonna happen? You know, his his production starts to decrease. Are the Giants really going to invest in him long term? And is that best for him? Is that best for the organization? Might not be best for anybody. So We'll see what happens in year two here with the Saquon Barkley touches, despite his comments that he uh, is ready for an increased workload and he believes that as long as he takes care of his body, which I believe is true, he might be that physical freak that can take all those numbers I said before and you could throw him out the window. I mean, you, you look at him, you look at the way he can run, you look at the way his body is built, everything. You're like, okay, maybe he is that freak. Maybe he is the Adrian Peterson type. Who's just going to defy logic? But I don't want to mess with that. I kind of want to play a little bit on the safe side with the best player on the New York Giants.
So that's that. The other thing I took away from the OTA this week, the real takeaway, and the offense was dominated by the defense, is that, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded about the defense. Maybe, maybe the defense, I, let's just look at the positives, right? Let's just take the, the, the happy, uh, ultra positive, uh, look of just, all right. Um, everything goes right for the defense. How good can they be? What can they be? And I look at the defensive backfield, the secondary. The secondary gives me optimism. I see optimism in the secondary. Because there's a lot of young players there. Like, so you have, you know, you know what Antoine Bethea is, right? He's an older guy at the end of his career. Still played at a fairly high level last year. So you hope he could, he has, you know, another year or two of that in him. At least could be a leader. Serviceable guy. Let's say you hope he could be a serviceable guy. Alongside him, you, you could, you could hope. And you could see the potential for Jabril Peppers to become a significant player as sort of the sort of jack-of-all-trades safeties. Use them all over the field, in the box, deep safety, make plays. I mean, he hasn't done it consistently in his career yet. But the Giants, trust me, I've spoken to people in the organization, and they think that he could be better than Landon Collins. Better than Landon Collins. So... They obviously are very high on him. If he even becomes close to what I believe they think he's going to be, then they're going to have a really good player back there. You put Janaris Jenkins on one side, a good cover cornerback, and then on the other side, you have either DeAndre Baker, who's their third first-round pick this year out of Georgia, plays physical. You could see he's a cover guy. He's going to battle. Could tell that from day one he stepped on the field with even that rookie minicamp. Or Sam Beal, the third round supplemental pick. You could see there's some talent there for sure. You could see the physical talent when he's on the field. Runs well, uh, has that tallish build, lanky length. So let's say one of those two guys blossoms this year and becomes a even decent player in there because they're basically both rookies because Beal was injured didn't play a snap last year. Didn't even last a full practice. Let's just say one of the two of them is a quality starting cornerback. Then maybe you have a good secondary. The defensive line, you could see some potential. But you have Dexter Lawrence, I couldn't remember his name for a second, from Clemson, B.J. Hill, and Dalvin Tomlinson. And you have those three guys. Could be decent against a run. A little bit worried me. I mean, those look like three solid quality, above average, maybe good, really good players. The one concern there is, is there enough pass rush from the interior? Maybe Pierre Olsen reunited with James Betcher can provide that. But I think you can expect decent run defense out of those three guys at least. And then the linebackers is the one part that scares me. Alec Ogletree. And B.J. Goodson start in the middle with Tay Davis or Ryan Connolly or who knows as sort of the passing down linebacker, which really is the part that scares me. Like, I can't sit here, even uber optimist me, and tell you that unit, that those guys in the interior can be really good. That's a really good combination. <laughs> there's, there's no way for me to sit here and sell that. On the outside, I can. Marcus Golden, 12 and a half sacks two unit, two years ago. Reunited with James Betcher will be, I, you could see him bouncing back, at least being a seven, eight sack guy and having a decent year. 
Lorenzo Carter. This is the guy. This is the guy that you could tell the Giants are going to give every opportunity to become a significant playmaker. I thought maybe they'd ease him in, ease Golden in, and, you know, have Kareem Martin out there more even in practice, but no. Looks like Lorenzo Carter is going to be, you know, their number one guy to me. That's the way I view it as regards to pass rusher. They seem to have big plans for Lorenzo Carter. Hoping he could build off that rookie year. I believe he, what do you have? Four and a half, five and a half sacks. Decent for a third round pick for sure. Showed potential. Has that length. A lot of batted passes. So big plans for Lorenzo Carter. I could see, you know, Uber optimist Jordan can say, yeah, Lorenzo Carter's going to be good on that edge. Pairing with uh, Marcus Golden, the Marcus Golden of two years ago. You know, you throw in some of the other guys. Kareem Martin to contribute. Uh, missing somebody else off there. Avery Moss, I believe, is another guy. I'm drawing a blank. There might be another guy that, that I'm actually missing. Uh, a younger pass rusher type. All these guys. You say, I could see something there. We, we could... We, they can make, they can make it work with those guys, especially if Lorenzo Carter becomes a significant player, right? A lot hedges on Lorenzo Carter. If he could be that guy. Now that's a lot to put on a second year, third round pick. That is a lot to put on him, but maybe he could become that 10 sack guy and Marcus Golden can be an eight sack guy and you throw everyone else into the mix and all of a sudden you got something. You got something there. Now, depth at that outside linebacker position, I think, is still a little bit of a problem. They might, oh, oh Shane Zimenez. That's who I forgot. Right? That was the other guy. Maybe he can contribute four or five sacks and give you that depth, some of that depth. That gives you, that's, that's the optimist view of the Giants defense. Maybe, just maybe, this can be an above average unit. If, if a lot of, look, not everything I just mentioned is going to happen. Okay. Not that the rosy peachy, everything works out. That that's unrealistic, but maybe just some of them happen. And this defense can be pretty good. And that would make our guest very happy. So let's get to that now. On to the next one. All right. Let's bring in a special guest here. We're going to bring in super fan, super giant super fan, Joe Ruback, aka you might know him better as this license plate guy. So you you okay with that? The super super fan label, Joe? Is that is that all right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I've grown I've grown to like it. It's pretty good. You know, LPG super fan. I've grown to like it. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Now you might you might see him around stadiums. If you go to a giant game, he's basically going to be there. When's the, when's the last game you missed? Have you missed many wow, games? This, this, this right now this year coming up uh, will be my nineteenth year every game. Every game for 19 years, home and away. That so, if you go to a giant game, there's a good chance you see license plate guy, and and hence the name license plate guy. It, he's going to be there with license plates of all giants <laughs> of, of, with, of, with license plates. Yeah, right? I mean it makes sense. So that's why you're called license plate guy, right? So you're going to be true. there. I mean, look. Go ahead. You know, I only I only had you know. Don't forget. I mean, now that people send them to me from all over the country, I mean, I'm up to like. I don't know, a good 85 plates. So, you know, not only do they need their own luggage, but, you know, I, I, I actually don't bring all of them on the road anymore. It's not like I can I could fan them out anymore anyway. 
Well, imagine you, you'd be like, you'd be like one of those crazy brides with the train like 15 miles behind you, <laughs> dragging, the, dragging the license plates. So it's wait, true, wait. but I sit, I sit behind the Giants bench, so if I did fan it out, it literally would reach the 50-yard line. Everyone around you would hate you, by the way. They would, they would yeah, hate they you. Do you would anyway. have too many they, lines. They do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what, what's your favorite plate? Okay, you have a, you just said eighty five plates. What, name me, what are some of your favorites? I know it's hard for you to maybe pick one, but give me give me a couple of your favorite plates. Give everyone a taste of kind of what these license plates are like. Well, you know, I I like the plates. First of all, every plate on that chain is a DMV issued plate, so you can't go to like some country or some state or some some city and make me a license plate. I won't. You know, I I like it to be issued. So to me, although I like so many of the plates, you know, like I have one that says H8 Dallas, H8 Dallas, one of my favorite plates, uh, you know, and my original orange New York plate, which was, you know, on my car when I was 16, which is still on my car to this day, just obviously in different colors. Yeah, you need you know, the orange New York plate. That's, that's a very New York style plate, that old school orange plate. Yes. I, that's, I mean, literally one of my favorites. To be honest with you, I, I kind of like the Statue of Liberty plate better. Who knows? New York will come up with something different. I'll have to change it again just to, you know, and DMV's got to make their money. So, I, you know, eventually they'll change colors again. But that'll give you but so I many more like, options. You'll have, you'll have so yeah, many more exactly. options. You'll have, you know, the, the, the Statue of Liberty plate, and then you'll have, like, the, the, the new uh, World Trade Center plate. I mean, maybe you'll have so many options you I'm, could basically double I'm, up. I'm not complaining. Complaints. I'm not complaining. You know, but I, you know what? Truthfully, I like the stories behind the plates more than I do the plates. You know, I get... Uh, you know, I have this plate from Texas um, that just says Giants. Uh, and the guy is like a 75-year-old man who sent it to me from Texas with a long letter. I've seen you at games. I love how you, you know, are wearing these plates. I've had this in my family forever. Take this plate. And stuff like that I really enjoy, especially from old-time Giant fans. And I always ask him, you know, to include an address with it in case I ever stop doing what I'm doing. And they want their plate back. I'll gladly send it back. Right. So Joe runs the Landon Collins softball game, and he he knows a lot of the players. And over the years, has gotten close with a whole ton of players. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Well, we'll get to the Landon Collins softball game in a little bit. But first, explain how you became this super fan, and give me give us a little bit of your background because I heard I heard you were you you know football is not foreign to you. You actually were in the game of football, not professionally, but. Coaching was part of your deal. Yeah, I mean, I you know I played in college. I didn't make it. I was so. Where did you Where did you play in college? I went to Cortland. Okay. So I played uh, a little bit of ball, and then you know you 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 think you're big time, and you you try out for one of these uh, semi pro teams. And I did play for the, actually the Westchester Packers. Got my head handed to me a few times, and decided you know what I think, I think coaching is the way to go. And, uh, you know, I wound up coaching my alma mater, and we, uh, you know, lost to the state finals, uh, semifinals. And um, when was yeah, this? So I've been coaching. When this was is this? Give me, give years. Ninety-seven. So okay, yeah, and and I and I loved it. Coaching definitely is in my blood. Um, I loved every minute of it, and uh, you know, I, I continue to do it to this day since you know I'm a teacher. So I coach and and teach right now. Uh, the, the Giants thing, though, I wound up going to games forever. You know, Giant fans are bred into the family. So your dad makes you go to games, your grandfather, whoever, your grandmother. 
they make you go to games. And, um, you know, my dad dared me to wear a license plate, and, you know, license plate guy was born back then. When was this? When did he dare you to wear a license plate? So you're coaching so, around 97. When did you coach till? So I coached, I mean, I coached, I left uh, coaching and went to be an athletic director. And when you're an athletic director, you can't coach because it's, uh, you know, they don't want you to coach one sport, pay too much attention to it. It's conflict of interest. Right. And uh, I wound up, you know, being an athletic director, which is awesome. Um, but prior to that, you know, at 16 years old, I went and got my, my giant license plates. But to be honest with you, G-I-A-N-T-S was taken. And I was devastated, to be honest with you. And I really was. I was devastated. I thought it was going to be that simple to go into, uh, you know, DMV and get my plate. Did you, know, did you find out who had it? Did you ever find out who had it? No. You know what? Not only did I find out it's, 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 it's an older gentleman, but I run into him a couple of times at the stadium. Still. Oh, really? Still. How about yeah, that? It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. But my, I think it was, my, it was actually my mom's idea um, to go back to DMV. You know, you could look it up online, and you have to go back to DMV and wait on that line to find out if there are plates available. <laughs> it was your mom's idea to put a to put a one in there. So you know, my plate since I was sixteen has been G one ants, and I like right. it because you know, Giants number one. So wait, you couldn't so, look uh, it up on you couldn't look it up online because there really was no internet basically back there. I mean, I was it was there. Most people didn't have a computer even at that time, right? I mean, around the 90, no, you couldn't ninety six, ninety seven time. It was just just sort of being getting to the point where people were buying desktops, right? I remember because that's about when I went to college. So like a, yeah. some some people had desktops, right? And the big the big tower computer and everything. Correct. But for the most, yep. for the most part, disc yeah, and, and you really didn't have cell phone. There definitely wasn't internet on the cell phone. The young kids are going to be like, uh, I think we're like super old and like you know <laughs> we're we're from like a totally different generation. But yeah, so you couldn't look it up. Yeah, so, we actually we actually are though. Ah, I'm going to pretend that you didn't say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you every time you went there, you had to go every time you had an idea you had to go back to the dmv and ask them that's correct if they had if that plate was was good that's correct and you know at at that time i i wound up getting you know g1 ants and this is not like it you know it wasn't back then you couldn't just you know you wait a couple of weeks what is it now four to six or maybe three to five weeks and yet the plates coming in we're talking like months you had to wait months to get your custom plates. It wasn't a thing. Not many people <laughs> were doing that. It really wasn't. It wasn't a major thing back then. No, it does. And I, I wound imagine. up getting it. What did you say? I said I could imagine. I mean, that just doesn't – I don't remember ever seeing many of those personalized plates. Yeah. You, no one really went out and got personalized plates. And, uh, you know, I got it, and I was super pumped, and it went on my car. And I can't believe X amount of years later, that's still the plate on my car. It literally is still the plate on my car. I actually moved to Jersey um, uh, many years ago, and I remember someone complaining in my, like, development, you know, that, you know, if that guy's a resident in New Jersey, he's got to change his plate. I moved back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the Jersey Giant fans, so you're out. That guy was probably a Jet fan, right? He definitely was. And so, yeah, I never tracked down who it was. Someone on the board told me, and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so speaking of Jet fans, is there a rivalry or anything? I mean, between you and, let's say, like, uh, what, Fireman Ed, the Jets guy who stands up and, and leads or did or, I don't know, he's kind of back in some form uh, for the Jets. And, well, you know, or it's, or it's either funny. Ira from Staten Island. Because Ira from Staten Island, I will say this, 
he goes to all preseason road games, which is boggles my mind. That's that's like overboard, if you ask me. Well, you you know I attend preseason giant games. I mean, I, come on now. You've been to all preseason giant games too. If they're if in the, the last few years, X number of years. If the Giants are putting on a uniform, I'm going to the game. So that's so that's preseason, regular season, London, and if some Giants attend the Pro Bowl, I'm going there as well. As someone who's seen a lot of preseason games, because it's my job to sit there and watch them, I have to say the dedication to watch preseason games borderlines on stupid. Not only are we in agreement, but try, and again, it's your job and not mine, but try going to a giant game in December in Cleveland, uh, right? you know, however many years ago when you paid X amount of dollars in, in May for it, where you could get the seat that I'm sitting in for $9. And and you're at that game with a uh, you know a, a one in ten record. Yeah, that, those are tough when you buy the seats at the beginning of the year, and it just the, the year the season goes sour. So, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, go quickly. Unfortunately, that's happened in the last couple of years. But on the flip side, as a Giants fan, there's been four Super Bowls in what since '86. So, what is that you know thirty plus years? Four Super Bowls is pretty darn good. Right, and and I got to tell you, I've been to so I've been to five Super Bowls. I only talk about four, obviously. Right, you're talking and, uh, about you're talking about you know, uh, the 2000. That that doesn't again, count to you. That didn't happen. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no idea. And it's it's weird because I don't. I mean, look, you hold on every Giant fan, every football fan, every fan holds on to the good old days. So so I'm still waiting. You know, for the fifth win, I'm still going to the games thinking that I'm going to get that magic back of 42 and 46 during this, this long run that I've had. Um, so every fan does that. Every fan constantly, you know, holds on. Maybe some like, like me a little tighter than others. Right. But, it's, but that's it's, the whole the beauty of being a fan. Every year you have opt you enter the year with optimism. That, you know, you come into that, the season and, and say, goes, we could turn it around this. This will be this this year. Who knows what can happen? And that goes back to your question about, you know, Fire Ned or, or, or Ira from Staten Island or Jetman, the, the guy that, by the way, wears a license plate. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> a guy, you know, LPG, uh, not I a fan was, of Jet, yeah. Jetman or whatever. <laughs> no, no, I actually, like, I actually like the guy. He's a good dude. Um, Boomer and Carton actually uh, tried to get Fireman Ed and I at each other. We even went into the show a few times and, and the best of all time was they had us on the show on a Friday before the Jet Giant game with Victor Q- Cruz's 99-yarder. Oh, wow. And I remember Carton asking me, you know, straight up, like, so what are you worried about this game? And I'm like, I'm not worried at all. And he kind of, like, blew it off. And, and you know, Fireman Ed was like, please, we're going to crush you guys. And, by the way, Fireman Ed, not only is a good dude, he's extremely knowledgeable. I like fans that are really knowledgeable about their team. Um, you know, I mean, it's kind of not that difficult to be knowledgeable about the Jets' past. But anyway, I thought uh, you were going to be critical of him a little bit because he he he's known he kind of disappeared. He disappeared for oh, a while, I'm not, Joe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay. Not okay. Finish the story. So 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 you know you you battle on air a little bit, and it's all part of the airways, and all of that is fine. And I told him what was going to happen. And then could you imagine right after that the Giants go on that Super Bowl run? I mean, come, it couldn't have happened any better. So it's funny that I. I kind of take like 
a little bit of pride knowing that I might have driven Fireman Ed, you know, away from the game. But but I know that it's really from the Jet fans that he took a lot of heat. And he gave me some – this is why I'm not going to really crush this guy. He gave me some advice because although I was license plate guy back then, I was like starting to get following – Social media was start to become, you know, it was, it was getting big. And he told me, he said, you're going to get a ton of hate, unwanted, out of nowhere hate. And I'm like, for what? Like, we're Giants fans. And he's right. And, and it's funny that I, unfortunately, hate that you get on social media, you get a ton of it. And sometimes it outweighs the love. It outweighs the good because it's just louder. And you got to really... If you're going to be some kind of a super fan or, you know, put yourself in a spotlight, you better take the good with the bad. Right. You and have that was, to. That was before, he probably said that to you, before social media even became a, a huge thing. That's right. And he got that. And that kind of even, you know, makes it even worse than now. I mean, the, right. I, that, I couldn't imagine what he was going through. And, you know, they give it to him now. I mean, he could right. never get away of the stigma. He could never get away of disappearing and coming back. That will stay with him forever. Right. And Jet fans, you know, the good Jet fans will probably still love him because of what he does, and it's pretty cool. Um, but the fans that are jealous or don't like him will be like, oh, he never was a Jet fan. He was a Dolphins fan, and he disappeared, and he came back. Whatever. I'm not a Jet fan. I really right. don't care. But but he gave me that the words of advice, and I really took it to heart. And I, I to this day, I think about that sometimes. Like, I can't imagine that him sitting in the – in the stands with a Mark Sanchez, Sanchez jersey, with them crushing him, led him to be like, "I'm done." Right. Yeah. I mean, look, it becomes it becomes something where you just maybe you don't want to be the face anymore, right? Like it's he at some point maybe you're just like, "Well, I want to kind of take a back seat." But then, is it really possible for him to take a back seat? If he's in the stadium, everyone's looking at him, right? Everyone's saying Everybody, stuff to him. So. And, and the camera, and the camera's going to find him. You're right. He'll never be able to take a back seat. Me, I could easily take a back seat. I shave my hair and I'm good. <laughs> See, players, they, they, <laughs> players, you know, they can't really take a back seat, but they're getting compensated, you know, financially very, very well for it. He's not, you know, you know license, you license plate guy and, and fireman Ed aren't sitting there making millions of dollars off this. So it doesn't really have that, you know, the, the, the way the, you know, the cost benefit of things of the, the positives and the negatives. So it doesn't really have that side of it. Like, oh, of course I'm going to do it and stick it out. I'm making $5 million a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know what, you know, what's funny is you, you just said making millions of dollars. How about we don't make hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I know. We don't make anything. And so, but at least, the, at least the jets. At least the Jets, I believe, took care of Firemanette. They gave him tickets, or at least uh, maybe I don't quote me on that, but he got something, whether it was tickets or even a spot to be. Right. You know, um, I don't people. What a misconception I get from from being either um, some trust fund baby, or I married into the Tish family, <laughs> or I got some photos of Mara or something. I pay for every ticket. Every airline, every hotel, every everything. So, you know, get that out of your, your head, whoever that is. Yeah, that's got to be costly, too. So let's let's transition a little bit. I want to know, because you're having this Landon Collins softball tournament, or, or celebrity softball game, and you get all these players to come, right? And over the years, you befriended a lot of players. So 
first I want to know how 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 do you earn their trust? Like, what is it that makes licensed guy friendly with all these players? How how does that happen? Yeah, it's a, that's a really good question because I get asked that a lot. Um, and I'll tell you the the most honest answer is. Uh, you know, you can't go to these games or away games or stay at the team hotel or anything like that with any kind of agenda. I never had an agenda. I don't. I don't sell autographs. I don't. I don't want your jock strap. Like I don't. I don't need any of that stuff. And over the over the course of of going to all these games, you know, there are players like a Chase Blackburn or a Brandon Jacobs was the original where, you know, he was like, dude. Who the hell are you? You know, so because he would see me week in and week out, and when you form that type of relationship, and then all of a sudden it was it was during a Saturday, the Giants were staying at a hotel, and he asked me that question, and then you know the some football game, some college football game, you know, we pulled up at the bar at the hotel, and we watched the whole game. The next thing you know, we were, you know, we were friendly, and when you gain a player's trust, don't forget. One player tells another player, oh, you know, that guy's pretty cool. And another player and another player, and he doesn't want anything. And he doesn't have an agenda. That's how it really begins, with no agenda. Um, and then they see your fandom isn't wavering. Like, I don't diss any of the players, and I'll never diss the Giants. Look, they're terrible right now. Right. It doesn't mean I'm going to be less of a fan. So, so those relationships happen like that. I never asked for anything in all this time up until a few years ago when I started the uh, the game. But I will tell you something funny with, with uh, why we're talking about that. You know, Eli Manning was, uh, was, was I don't know, he came out of a game or whatever, change of possession, and uh, he was coming over to the bench. And, I don't know, I, he never talks to the crowd. And I had just, you know, it was during the beginning, and I had my blonde hair or whatever, and I was ready to cut it again because I had a crew cut my whole life. And I think he called me Blondie. And I was like, that's it. I'm never cutting it again. So that's why Liza's play guy has his blonde hair. Wait, so he, he called you Blondie as he's walking he like, off the field? Blondie? That, yeah, oh. I think it was, I don't know whether it was, I think it was maybe, it could have been prior to warm-ups, you know, prior to a game. And he never talks to anybody. Right. He's the most focused guy that I know. He might smirk and wave to the crowd, but he doesn't say a word. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very single-minded. This was in the very beginning yeah, and oh, that's another thing, Jordan, their trust. I've seen and heard a lot of things, whether it's at the hotel, whether it's on, on the, the sideline during games, yeah. There's on a the lot of stuff line. goes on on the sideline during games. Yeah, and I don't, you know, another contrary to popular belief, I don't break news. I'm not going to tell you what I heard. I'm not going to tell you that, uh, you know, Marrick pulled someone an ass or – that didn't happen. Or a right. player, you know, whatever the case may be, you're not going to hear that from me. And, uh, you know, Brandon and Ahmad and Danny Ware and, and uh, uh, Ward, you know, those were, that was my crew. And they all knew that I was, I was never going to break that trust. So Jacobs so was the first guy, guy, huh? Jacob, Jacobs really, was the first guy really you kind of befriended? Actually, no. no. Actually, it was Joe Morris. Okay. Yeah, Joe Morris was yep. definitely the maybe even two generations before. Yeah, it was Joe Morris, and I remember we became very friendly at the Woodcliffe Lake Hilton, and that's where the Giants stayed before their home games 
back with Parcells. I remember back then I used to sit. I was just, oh my goodness, I was like 11 or 12. And I used to sit in the lobby right near the fireplace. And it used to be Bill Parcells, Ron Earhart, Bill Belichick, Len Fontes, rest in peace. You know, uh, uh, Lamar Leachman, uh, Johnny Parker, and all of these coaches. And he used to sit and smoke their cigars and read a newspaper. And here was me sitting over there talking with these guys. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. That's how far back I go. Yeah. So you think Bill Belichick would recognize who you are now or no, because you didn't have the long blonde mane at that point? Well, not only didn't I have the long hair, we're talking 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, you were a kid then. Yeah, you were a kid. We're talking so many years ago. However, you know, some of the guys that I've stayed friends with or become friends with later in life, they'll be like, oh, yeah. You know what? Right, right, right. remind them of that. But, but again, I, you know, that's how you meet so many of these players or form relationships. Hey, listen, I didn't, my, my dad didn't pick me up from the hotel until like 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, Meanwhile, what kind of dad is he? Leave me in a hotel, you know. <laughs> but, but different you know, world. Yes, we live in a different. We live in a I way know, different up? world nowadays. So true. But I used to watch. I used to watch Lawrence leave at midnight. LT leave at midnight. He only lived a half a mile away. Right. You know, I used to see all. I used to see all that stuff. I used to see some other people come in to visit. I would never say a word. LT LT definitely not coming back in before uh, curfew. I could I could imagine that one right there. (laughs) Let me tell you something. The book I could write. Oh my goodness. One day. One maybe one day. One One day. day. Yeah. You you need to at least. You should have kept a journal. Should get a journal on these I, things. Oh, be, could you imagine the stuff that would be oh, in there right now? You know, It'd be good. No idea. So that's why Brandon Jacobs is one of the captains. He's the captain for the former Giants team, ex Giants team, right? I mean, because you had that friendship from him. Or yeah, I, I'll tell you, this is a great story. So Landon and I become friends. Um, we met at a Victor Cruz event. And I told him that, you know, I followed him in, at Alabama, and I told him that he, you know, it was we got him as a steal, and I think that he's going to be a pro bowler. I really do. And sure enough, that year he was like, you know, it was prior to the season, and he's like, uh, hopefully I'll see you in, in Hawaii. And I was like, well, actually, it's in Orlando this year. But you're going to make it. Right. And he's like, even better, even better. I got family in Orlando, got a house in Orlando. And we kind of like, you know, joked about it week in and week out. And guess what? Sure enough, he became, you know, he became a pro bowler, and we met in Orlando, and we had lunch or dinner, or whatever. And I brought up the idea of, hey, I'm thinking about you know doing some kind of a charity game. You know, I I have this platform, and I think I'd like to use it for something good. You know, raise money for charity. I, I, you know, there's no hidden agendas. This is what it would be. Open books. Let's do it. And he's like, okay, let's do it. Why you know, keep do it. Why keep doing it though? Right now, he's not on the team anymore, so, right? So, the, the, right, the, the, so give, give me the breakdown. We'll, we'll, of that. Dive, yeah, we'll dive. We'll dive into that. And so he was like, "Let's do it." And you know, I didn't really know him, Jordan. So I'm not going to take this rookies or second year, whatever, like his word for it. So I called uh, Brandon and like, "Hey, Brandon, if, if this guy jerks me around, like I don't want to look like a fool selling tickets to people and then not." producing anything for them i'm not a vent i'm not an event promoter i'm a teacher right and you already had you already had that you have to address it you had that there was a charge out against you at the time or like this was a year this was probably a year or two before that 
No, no, no. It was after. Thank God. No, I'm I saying. I'm saying the back. charge. The charge was a year or two before you yeah, approached yeah, Landon and said, "Okay." Strong, especially after getting a black guy in in the uh, in the paper and in the. That's another thing about being a pseudo celebrity. Where did that come from? Like, like, not only was it dismissed, and I won my my lawsuit against the guy that that you know. Give everyone, a, give everyone a quick recap of what you're talking about. They, they, you were, oh, there was, a, there was an allegation against you that, uh, was it uh, loan sharking? Loan sharking, loan sharking, loan sharking yes. yes. Okay. So so basically, and so it's such a terrible word, by the way, because you know, I basically loaned a friend money. He didn't pay me back. That's it. But when you're a pseudo-celebrity, I know for a fact that the detective – because I heard from several other police officers that the detective just wanted to see, like, oh, well, shoot, if this guy's loaning money, no, I guarantee you some giants are involved. You know what I mean? I mean, right, like right, somebody's right. trying to make a name for themselves, and that's not really that's not really cool to do to a normal person, to a teacher. Forget about license plate guy. A normal family guy. That was very wrong. Anyway, fast forward. So wait, at that point, so the charges are dismissed. And it's important yeah. to you at that point to say, "Hey, look, this is this is what I am. This is what I do." So you decide and, to start the so game, happy correct? That you just said that. Is, is I that, really am. Is that, that accurate? A, that's it. That's it. Here, you know what? I needed something big. You know, you might have a setback in life, whether it's public or not, whether it's an injury or not, but it's how you come back from that. And it was very important for me to come back strong. So that's and how that's the, the game reason. is born. That's right. You got it right there. I needed to come back strong. And, year, and, and fast forward. Go ahead. Go ahead. Year one. There's year one. Eli Manning is it. there. And yeah. Victor Cruz yeah. was there. And so, so I expected to have Odell was there, wasn't he? Was Odell there? Odell was Odell was at my first event that was not the Lanacon Celebrity. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember he, event, he hit he hit a ball like Happy Gilmore. Yep. He hit yeah. a ball like Happy he Gilmore in the golf. He ran up and smashed the home run and basically yep. just walked off the field. Yep, and that's the ESPN clip that keeps showing him throwing a ninety uh, mile per hour. Was a ninety, <laughs> which was inside to me, and I didn't swing because I would send one right back at his knee. But anyway, uh, you know, we fast forward to that event. I thought I was going to get, I don't know, a thousand people, five hundred, um, and I thought I was going to get, I don't know, twenty, thirty players. I had over eighty players. I had Eli Manning there. I had three thousand people show. It was awesome. I mean, it was. Uh, it brought me to tears at the end of the night. It was so. It was really so cool. I'll be honest with you. Okay, I went to that event thinking it was going to be a total, you know, s show. It was going to be a total mess. Okay, you had all these guys listed. There was all this, you know, there's a, a dodgeball, this, that, or whatever. And I was like, all right, this is. I've been to. Trust me, I've been to a lot of charity events, and they're not easy to run. And a lot of times it's just a complete mess. Guys are all over the place. There's no organization. There's no like real schedule. And I go to this event and I thought it was going to be a total disaster. Like just everyone all over the place and you know, all, no holds barred. And I was actually, it was very well run and it, it ran on time. There was a schedule and Eli, you know, Eli Manning comes in, he pitch hits, everyone goes crazy. So there was, yeah. there was, a, there was a lot to like from it. 
and now you're you're building off it. And so so give us a yeah, run, I, I, give us a rundown of who you're expecting, some of the big names you're expecting this year. Are we going to see Saquon Barkley again? Who, by the way, not not totally impressed by his his, his baseball softball skills. <laughs> football football skills a lot he better. Runs, He's a lot better as a football player. If he runs and jumps over people and scores touchdown, I'm I'm cool with his sucking at softball. By the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, first, first of all, thank you for those words because. That it means a lot to me, and I, you know, at the end of the day, I am just a fan. So to make sure that the people that attended the game, fans or media or anybody else, had a good time, that's what it was about. That it seriously was right. about. A lot so, of opportunities so for, for autographs. I will say that. I mean, JPP stood on the dugout one year and signed about five hundred autographs. Easy. Yeah, he was on there for like an two hour. hours. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was great. So so fast forward to the second year. You know, Manning came the first year. Barkley comes the second year. OBJ promises to one day show, you know, <laughs> this is the third year. And the last of Landon, Landon Collins, is he going to show? I don't know. Um, but Barkley is, let's just say Barkley Ooh. is an 80-20 yes. Right. Barkley has a lot of stuff on his plate right now. I got him last year. Okay, so we got a maybe, a, a likely on Saquon Barkley. We're, we got a likely plus. We got a likely plus. But okay. We got, I mean, come on. Look, I got at least 25 players from the Super Bowl 42-46, from Tuck to Cruz to Manningham to Rook. We have a, a ton of, to the whole offensive line. So we have a ton of Super Bowl champions there. You know, and then you want to talk big names from the Giants. Now, it's hard when you didn't sign Landon Collins. When OBJ is no longer a giant, right? But people like Barkley, who I just told you was a likely, Evan Ingram is in, Sterling Shepard isn't in, um, you know. So getting guys like that to come is big. I don't know another giant event out there that has twenty giants, let alone me. I'm getting eighty. <laughs> eighty giants. We're talking former and current. So that that right. is and, year, a, and a lot of autograph opportunities for people, people for them to. to I mean, this is like a fan friendly event. These kind of things. So, hundred percent. You, you can yep. you'll it be able be. opportunity to interact with a lot of these players. They'll be walking, you know, down the the, the first and third baseline behind the dugout and spending time with fans signing stuff. Uh, you if you bring something and want it to get signed, you pretty much can get it done if you want. It, I, pretty I, much. I, right. I definitely yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it's an important. It's a, it was important for me to run a a fan friendly event and to make the make the tickets cheap. I mean look they're thirty bucks this year. It went up a little bit, but you know, when you run an event like this and you have eighty to hundred giants showing, unfortunately inflation hits and uh, you know this year's a little different, Jordan, because it's not Super Bowl forty two and forty six versus the current. Because we didn't know if Landon was going to get signed or not, right. I changed the game up to offense versus defense. Okay. So whoever is coming if they were offense, they're, they're on, on offense. offense. So it's going to be a mix. Defense, defense. So it'll be a mix between former uh, former and current players all on the same team. That's correct. I okay. mean, look, Jim Burt is coming. Jim Burt, wow. Pepper Pepper Johnson is coming. Pepper. I mean, we're, we're going back to the you know the the Parcells era now. We're going back to Super Bowl, the earliest Super Bowl champion. Yeah, yeah. So again, I have people coming. All right. right, I have people coming that are different, and I wanted that. You know, so I where do people, that. Where do people and, get uh, tickets? Give me, give me the who, the who, what, where, and that they can get tickets and where the game is, what time, when. So the tickets are at LandonCollinsGame.com. 
It's held in Rockland County, New York, at the Palisades Credit Union Ballpark, which is uh, in Pomona, New York. The parking lot opens at 1, gates open at 3, and everything starts at 5. And we throw a little dodge, we throw a little uh, kickball in there, too. It's going to end the event. From softball, we switch over to a little bit of kickball, and that ends the event. And by the way, even though I'm going to cheer for my man Landon Collins at the softball game, I am putting a big, giant bullseye on his shirt for that dodgeball game. And I need everybody to not gain to throw the ball directly at him. And now he tells me he's bringing a couple of Washington Redskins. Oh, which I'm boy. Which I'm not happy about. Yeah. You want to take a, you want to take a guess at who? That could be fun. I don't know. I, I, I well, have no, I have no guesses. We know, we know DRC is going to come. D- yeah, there's a lot of giants. DRC, yeah. who is it? DRC, Eric Flowers. Who else Eric am I missing? Flowers Collins is not, not going to be in attendance. All right. That's, um, uh, that might Adam be better Bitswani. for him. Yeah, yeah. Adam Bitswani <laughs> is not going to be in attendance. <laughs> Adam but there's, uh, that's a name I didn't expect. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So supposedly there's some, I don't know, they got some quarterback there that they uh, have now. I, I'm not really wow. uh, going to go out and say it right now, but supposedly that he's could coming. could be fun. Which, well, Dwayne I don't know how I feel about I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But Joe, uh, we will. Joe we I, will. I appreciate this. Was, this was a lot of fun. It's a good event. I, I, I say that everybody should come out there, catch the game. June 8th is the date, right? Next Saturday, LandonCollinsGame.com. Go get your tickets. And uh, Joe will be there. He actually is a pretty good softball player. I, I'm, I, I, you did surprise. You're le- a lefty. He's a lefty. But he could play a little bit. Does it softball? He has a football background. You'd be surprised. A little look like he looks like a little license plate guy. You're not a, not a huge. You're not a you're not a huge guy, right? I mean, especially standing next to these professional athletes. But that's I, all. Uh, wait, we your athleticism. That. Hold on. Your athleticism impresses me a little bit. I will say I that. Appreciate it. I appreciate. I didn't expect that. When I first knew you, I didn't expect that. I'll give you. I'll give you an ending, uh, which is kind of funny. So I'm used to, you know, you should see some of the comments that I get. You know, like life's like, I, are you four one? Are you four two? What are you? What are you? Because every picture I take, I'm with a giant. So yeah, I these really guys are monsters. look they, tiny. They're huge. But I, I will end with this, which is funny. Back in my football days, I was an offensive center and a defensive nose guard. An offensive so center. At yes. What, how, yes. At what weight? At what weight? Hold on. Hold, and this is what this is what I'm telling you. And this is funny. We were undefeated in high school, and I had a line of you ready three twenty, three hundred, two eighty five, one forty seven, two sixty five, and three oh one. You're the one forty seven guy. <laughs> you think one forty seven? Wow. One forty seven center. Yeah. Wow. Five eight, one forty seven. License plate guy. The hundred forty seven pound center. Gotta love it. Thanks, <laughs> hey, Joe, thanks man. This was fun. I really yeah. had a good time, man. This yeah, was no fun, doubt. man. We'll do it again soon. I appreciate it. And we'll catch you thanks on uh, so Saturday, much. June eighth. On to the next one. All right, that was a lot of fun there with license plate guy. Uh Learned some very interesting things, and, uh, and I'm going to be out there at that at that softball game next week. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun last year. I mean, you just, you're talking to players from all different eras and uh, different ages, and just some blasts from the past that are out there. It makes it a really pretty fun event. So uh, that's that, and that's going to be the end of this episode. I'm going to do a real quick Jordan on the beat. This is really just a, a random thought of something that happened to me today. It doesn't really have anything to do with being a Giants beat writer, but I'll just throw it in the Jordan and the beat 
category, just just as like a, a real quick rant here, because I go to the gym this morning, okay? I go for a run. I, I got to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, and as I'm walking to the urinal, there's a dude, you know, 50-year-old guy sitting there shaving. But why is it that when you go to the gym, guys have to stand there. He's standing there shaving at the gym, buck naked. Like, what the heck? Why do you got to do that? Nobody needs to see you shave with your junk hanging out. Put a towel on. Only at the gym can you see these kind of things. Do you really need to do that? I got to go in there to go to the bathroom and I have to be subjected to that? You do the real quick, whoa, you know, and, and, and your head darts to the side. Just my real quick life rant right there. So uh, that's going to be the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, I mean, this time we didn't have time for uh, Giants After Dark, but I promise I'll get to you next week. Next week, minicamp, mandatory minicamp. So we'll be out there for three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll break it all down because we'll get to see a lot of what's going on with the Giants. It might might be a couple days later because uh, I'll be at the facility almost all next week. So it'll be either, either be late like next week or the following week where we'll break down everything we saw at the mandatory mini camp. And as always, you can send me questions on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, wherever you can catch me. And make sure you download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, the ESPN app, uh, Google Play, wherever you can get any podcatcher for your Android users and give us a good rating. We, we like that. And make sure you tell your friends, listen to Breaking Big Blue. Give us a good rating. Follow. Make sure you listen to this podcast, and I appreciate everyone that's listening right now. I'm Jordan Ronan. This is Breaking Big Blue. We'll see you next time.